What's up, people? Another episode of Just for Sport. Jamoke Davis here with you. Boy, you know, there's some days where I go into filming a pod and I know it can be sporadic when I record. But today was so big and epic, epic, that I had to record. And as I sat down to do this pod, I was so excited to talk about Dame Dalla, Damian Lillard being traded to the Bucks. I will talk about that. My thoughts on, is that a good move for both teams? Three teams, really, that are involved in the trade. I will also talk about uh, Major League Baseball and my trepidation for the Orioles as they get close to 100 wins on the season. I don't know if they can catch Atlanta, but it'd be nice. That would be really nice. We're also going to talk about uh, the cancellation of winning time. Spoiler alert. My sadness as it relates to that. And uh, the buffs. Colorado Buffaloes, as they are called. After the crushing loss at Oregon and, of course, National Football League. I didn't even do my picks last week. That's how crazy it has been for me time-wise. But in terms of the order of importance or excitement I'm going to start with the shocking trade of Damian Lillard to the Bucks. Now the first thing that came to my mind when uh shout out to a different Jake that I was working with today he was like, yo, Damian Lillard to the Bucks." And I was like, wait, what? And I had to check my phone. We were talking about the trade. And here's how it laid out. Portland Trailblazers are trading Damian Lillard. He's going to join Giannis, the Greek freak, and the Milwaukee Bucks in a three-team deal. Portland will get Drew Holiday, DeAndre Ayton, and Tumani Kamara. The Suns are going to get Yusuf Nurkic, Grayson Allen, Nasir Little, and Keon Johnson. And these are sources, sources that reached out to Woj. Now, as they wrote in the story on ESPN.com, that the Blazers are kind of talking about um, still talking to other teams, maybe, which I'm like, nah, I, that can't possibly be. He, this is a done deal, right? I mean, the headline says sources are happening, not reality. But Woj was on television. That means it's legit, right? Here is my, here are my thoughts on how it works out. For all three teams. I won't go too long on it. One. It's a great deal for the Bucks. I believe. That the the Bucks were going to have to blow it up. And they were going to either have to trade Giannis. Or lose him to free agency. So they had to make a deal. They had to make a deal. And this was 
the best deal for them. He was the best free agent out there. I think that now the pressure is actually on Giannis and Dame Lillard to win a championship. But I think it is not just a really good one-two punch. But provided that they also somehow get a healthy Chris Middleton, that's a good three-headed monster. And you still have a pretty good roster with Jay Crowder, Malik Beasley, Pat Connaughton, Brooke Lopez, Myers Leonard, Bobby Portis. That's a really good roster. You have Dame Time who can hit a big shot. And you have the Greek freak that, eh, is it illegal what he does? You know, just kind of barreling into people. Yeah, it's illegal in my mind. I feel like too often he gets the calls when he shouldn't. But the fact that he was working out this offseason with Hakeem Olajuwon, boy, if he can develop some of those feet, though, I mean, excuse me, some of those moves, watch out. He needs a better post game. He doesn't need to step out and hit more threes. He needs a better post game. And the reason why he doesn't really have to step out because you now have Damian Lillard who can do that. He had a career high last year of averaging 32 points, 7.3 assists. Remember that game against Houston, 71 points? I mean, you want to talk about Beyonce upgrade uh, up well, they they upgraded big time over Drew Holiday. They may lose something on defense, okay, but they gained a lot in offense. And I'm sure the way the season has last season went for Milwaukee, losing to Miami the way that they did. That's got to burn for Miami, too. The fact that Damian Lillard wanted to go to Miami. The Bucs were like, we can't let him go to Miami. Miami already beat us last year. They're going to be even better. And somehow they're able to steal Damian Lillard. I think it's also good for the NBA. I know they were not happy. Adam Silver came out and said as much that he didn't like that players are really, and Damian Lillard took it to a new level. I will only play for this team. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, we see that didn't happen. Maybe you could say there was a little bit of a conspiracy. Some things happened on in, happening in the background that the league was like, no, you can't go to Miami. We, that's not, we're not going to allow for this to become a trend. We're just not. I think that the Bucks jump to being the best team in the Eastern Conference. They are the team to beat. And if they don't get to the NBA Finals, they're a failure. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Now, that doesn't count injuries. If there's an injury during the season, which nobody wants, I'll give you that. Okay, that's different. But if all things being equal and they're healthy, then no, we're not doing that. They are the number one team. And if they don't make it to the NBA Finals, it is a failure. And it's funny, I'm using that words after Giannis's, Giannis's comments last year, right? Talking about failures. Giannis said, There's no failure in sports. 
Well, now, the crazy thing is, there's even more of a target on your back. Giannis and the Bucks. You have to win. Or else. I mean, boy. It's a new coach, which is always good, right? No Mike Budenholzer. There were behind the scenes, apparently... They may not have liked each other, Giannis and Mike Budenholzer. Maybe that relationship was frayed. And now Adrian Griffin gets to step in. He's been the assistant for 15 seasons and now gets a head coaching job. And what better way to make an introduction to the league as a new head coach than to have Giannis and Dame Lillard as your top two players? That's a solid roster. Now, let me look at the other teams in this trade. Portland, they get Drew Holiday, decent point guard, all-star last year. DeAndre Ayton, who was, let's just say, it was not working out. It was not working out in Phoenix. Let's just say that, right? And so now he gets to play for a new team. The one thing for me is, are they going to be a better team? And I would probably say no. I think if they, Jeremy Grant was okay. Matisse Thibel, uh, the roster's just not that great. And I hope that Chauncey Billups, Billups, and shout out to Scott Brooks, Roy Rogers, both former Wizards. One was a head coach, one was an assistant coach, but shout out to both of them. Um, it'll be interesting to see what they're able to do. I think that do I in a weird way think that there was any kind of a chance for DeAndre Ayton to be any more of a star? I know he probably wants to be. I don't know if he can be that, but we'll see. In my mind, I'd probably give them a B. I give them a B. B minus. I want to go as low as a C plus. Last team, the Suns. They get Yusuf Nurkic, Grayson Allen, Nasir Little, and Keon Johnson. Now, in my mind, two things. Two things here. There was talk when the Phoenix Suns traded for Bradley Beal, that their bench was thin. So it's good that now they ended up getting four players out of this deal to strengthen their bench and a starter, right? I imagine Yusuf Nurkic would be the starter on the Suns, maybe, maybe. He averaged 13 points per game, not bad. Almost 10 rebounds a game. That's not bad either. And realistically, no. Maybe by the time we get to the regular season, we'll hear a little bit more about why DeAndre Aiden wasn't happy in Phoenix. But now with Bradley Beal and Kevin Durant... Coming, the, you know, as the new players on the team. I think that you have made some room for them to get more points, get more touches, shots, along with Devin Booker. And they have a good three, 
headed monster, if you will, in a roster. I didn't think they were, I didn't think that was a weakness of theirs. But I will say in my mind, considering the talent that DeAndre Ayton is, maybe you could say it was a no-win situation. They just had to get rid of him. But I think that they did not get enough in the deal for a DeAndre Ayton type. That's me. I mean, averaging 18 points per game, 10 rebounds per game. That's pretty good. And I thought before that, that the Phoenix, before this trade, the Phoenix Suns were the team to beat. Now I think they have come down to the level of some of these other teams, including Milwaukee and Denver in their own division. And the Clippers, now that Kawhi Leonard is, I'm going to put this in air quotes, healthy. I think the Suns came down a level. So it'll be interesting to see um, how the season plays out. And the funny thing is, I cannot believe that the season is less than two weeks away, the start of the NBA season. If I had to make a prediction right now, who's going to win the NBA title? I'm going to say the Bucks. Giannis is unstoppable. He can play defense. And of the players that were available, there was literally no player better than Damian Lillard. No player better than Damian Lillard. And you will see it this year. The Milwaukee Bucks may not lose a game for a minute. May not lose a game for a minute. It's going to be fun. I'm glad that that deal is done. They had to make it. They had to make it. And this works out. This works out for them. And it's exciting. It's really exciting. Can't believe it. I just, I don't know. It's just, I, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take some time to sink in for me. It, it really will. It's going to take a lot of time to sink in for me. What has also taken some time to sink in for me is how good the Baltimore Orioles are. All season, when they started to get better and better and better, I just wasn't believing that they were that good. I just kept thinking that similar to like the Pittsburgh Pirates, when for a while they were in first place, and I think like mid-July, and it was just like, uh, is Baltimore there yet? I don't think they're there. And now, as their slogan says, I'm trying my best to to soak it in. I mean, even for me being an Orioles fan, if you ask me to name players on the Orioles... I'm going to get his name wrong. I want to keep saying is Adley Rushman, Ryan Mountcastle. I mean, that's kind of it. But they are, they're fun to watch. 
And they literally are one game away from winning 100 games. I will forever and a day say that they are ahead of schedule. I don't care what anybody else says. I don't care what anybody else says. They are ahead of schedule. And I am happy and excited as an Orioles fan. They actually just got Ryan Mountcastle back from the IL just in time for the playoffs. And the weird thing is now I feel like I am pretty much just win or bust. I don't want to be happy with, oh, it's really cool that they made it to the playoffs. Or it's really cool that they won the AL East. And I think they are here to stay because of how young they are. And I hope that Orioles ownership will continue to keep that team together for some time. That's not always easy with the salaries. But now it's like, okay, we can win the World Series. No, we don't have the stars. Like I said, if you went on the street and asked somebody who's on the Baltimore Orioles roster, you probably couldn't name one player. If I asked who was on the Dodgers... Clayton Kershaw, Mookie Betts. Like, that's like easy. Yeah, that's, that's on, who's on the Dodgers. Freddie Freeman. Although I know he's not a household name in L.A., he's a household name in Major League Baseball. So the fact that Baltimore has a better record than the Dodgers and is only like three games behind the Atlanta Braves for the best record in Major League Baseball is simply amazing. And as we get near to October, which is the best month in sports, I'm going to try my best to enjoy it. But when you get to the playoffs, Baltimore, they won't know what to do in comparison. Right? Am I wrong? I don't think they made the playoffs last year. I feel like the last year they made the playoffs, my dad and I went to a game. We sat in the outfield, $75 tickets. It was great. Wearing my orange and black. It was awesome. But the other teams that have been in the playoffs before, I think are going to make it difficult for a young Orioles team. Tampa Bay's been there before. If Toronto makes it, they've been there before. Houston has been there before. That's going to make it difficult. So make it a little difficult. We shall see. We'll also see what's going to happen with the wild card. Who gets in, who doesn't. It's kind of crazy. Tampa Bay's in. Toronto's only a game up on Houston. Seattle is half a game behind trying to get in. And as I record this, Seattle is losing to Houston. Yeah, to Houston. But I think Seattle will make a game of it. Yankees are five games out. They're probably not going to make the playoffs. And that's why I didn't even mention the Yankees in the conversation for getting in. But at one point, it was amazing to think that the ALEs, all of the teams were above 500, and they all, at that time, would have made the playoffs as wild cards. It's crazy. I think they would have all made it. No, three of them would have made it, excuse me. So it would have been four in the playoffs. But boy... It's going to be a lot of fun. And I'm looking forward to it. There's a lot of playoff scenarios that could happen. And it's kind of going to be funny to see how things could iron out. This is good. Good September baseball. Good September baseball.
I'm going to go from good to bad to worst, and then I'll finish up on the National Football League. The bad. Why'd they have to cancel winning time? My guess is money. It was so expensive. It was a very expensive show. I would have loved to see it go on. Um, I think it was doomed to be a failure for one reason that I said from the beginning why it was a failure, but I understand why they did it. I get it. Because there's a network by that name. But to me, it rubbed me the wrong way that the show was not called Showtime. Because that's what the Lakers were called. Showtime. Not winning time. My thing is, don't even say blank time if you can't say Showtime in the title. And maybe maybe HBO was going to do that no matter what. That's possible. And maybe Showtime was like, no. We're not going to grant you this title. We're not going to do it. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. But the show was just, it was a really, really good show. Sally Richardson, she was one of the directors on it. Wasn't a bad actor either. The finale, it just didn't work. Spoiler alert, if you don't want to know about the finale and you still plan to watch season two, and my apologies if I did spoil the fact that you didn't even know it was going to get canceled. I just simply didn't like the final episode. The thing that was the worst thing within the show about how it ended, and I hope that some other network picks it up if maybe the ratings were were maybe creeping up as more people were watching it, is the fact that the show ended on a Boston on Boston winning the championship. What? No, that just didn't work. It ended abruptly, which was not good. And I just felt like the show ended on a thud. This wasn't good. I was looking forward to seeing more of the storylines throughout throughout the season. Seasons, rather, excuse me. I mean, there was a lot just with Magic Johnson. I thought the writing, uh, writing was good. There was some times, eh. I thought the casting, I would say the casting was excellent, Except for James Worthy. That was not good casting. And there probably were other players that I'm not 100% paying attention to. That I thought the casting could have been better. But realistically. The way that they wrapped up the last game was just like no. No. And the funny thing is I didn't even know that it was canceled at the time when I was watching the episode. But I felt like they rushed through the playoffs because they knew it was going to be the end. And so they obviously they had to write this ending, but it just wasn't a good ending. I would have maybe rather ended on a cliffhanger 
Um, and maybe they thought they did leave it on a cliffhanger. But because everything already happened in history, I even was about to look at my phone before the series and just, I was like, wait, did Boston win that year? It was like, oh yeah, they did win. And I was just like, all right, yeah, they won. So we knew it was going to end with Boston. I just said, whatever. It just wasn't really that good. The end. But I understand what they were trying to do because it was canceled. What I would love for them to do, if they end up getting picked up by another network, that they start the season by redoing the end, which they kind of can, right? You're going to, if you get kicked, get picked up by another network, that was a tongue twister. Oh, I forgot that Baltimore was playing Washington. So I'm, I was looking at a ticker. And of course, Baltimore won. But if the show is going to get picked up again, that it starts back with, Magic Johnson contemplating the loss to Larry Bird and the Celtics. That's that's my hope. But it's just hard to believe. Just like that, the show is over. The show is over. All right, so that was the bad. Here's the worst. The worst is what happened to Colorado. And as I'm, you know... My alma mater's University of Pittsburgh. University of Pittsburgh did lose, and I thought they were going to beat Carolina. I was like, well, at least we're not Colorado. But here's the thing. No matter what sport it is that I'm watching, to me, nothing is worse when it's not an even playing field. And I'm not saying that Colorado was going to win the game. But when your best player, Shadour Sanders, is on the court, on the field, but your second best player and two-way player, Travis Hunter, is not, yeah, that affects the game. Travis Hunter is fast and dynamic, and he will play in the NFL, provided he's healthy and comes back from his injury. But that was a real bummer that he got hurt. Because who knows how good the game may have been if it just had Travis Hunter on it. Shut down corner. And he can play offense. I mean, going back to that game with Colorado State, um, there is no doubt while Henry Blackburn did not deserve the death threats that he maybe is still getting, but he should have been ejected for that hit. He should have been ejected. But the way Colorado lost, I mean, I was really looking forward to seeing that game. I was glad Florida State won. I was sad. Pitt loss. Oregon crushed Colorado 42-6. to And now Colorado is not in the top 25 anymore. And I did watch the entire, well, the end of the game. I, I was back and forth, actually. Let me, let me phrase that. For Ohio State's win at Notre Dame, 17-14. A couple days ago, I saw somebody found out that there were only 10 players on the field for Notre Dame. That's a shame. Maybe they would have stopped him from scoring. And Ohio State's head coach couldn't uh, get a dig in on Lou Holtz. I love Lou Holtz when he was at Notre Dame. Man. Outside of Pitt, as I was growing up, it was Notre Dame and Georgetown. If I could play basketball in college, I was like, oh, I want to. Well, I guess by the time I got to college, only John Thompson wasn't coach was was definitely not coaching. 
but Georgetown was in my backyard. Like that was the team. But bigger than that, it was always Notre Dame. And I wound up at Pitt. And I'm very happy about that. But that was a really good... That game between Ohio State and Notre Dame lived up. Maybe not as much scoring as we like, we would have liked to see. But it lived up to the hype. Bottom line is it lived up to the hype. That was great. That was really great. All right. The National Football League. Now, I'm going to go back to last week before I get into my picks for this week. Last week's games had some exciting endings. Several of them I did not expect for the comeback. Packers coming back to beat the Saints. Jordan Love got his first career start at Lambeau Field and wins by a point, 18-17. That was a really good game. The back and forth between the Chargers and the Vikings. Chargers beat the Vikings in Minnesota, 28-24. Vikings are winless. You like that? Can't possibly. Can't possibly like that. Patriots over the Jets, 15 straight wins over the Jets. That's a shame. That's a shame. Colts over the Ravens, Matt Gay, four field goals over 50 yards, including the overtime winner. The story for me is the fact that Justin Tucker missed a 61-yarder to win the game in regulation. It should have been the Ravens win. They should be 3-0, but they are not. I'm surprised that, I know 2-1 is not that big a deal, but I'm surprised that Seattle seems to be building on last year. Only 2-1, but I just didn't expect them to be that good. I didn't. Cardinals beat the Cowboys. Another game I didn't see. Joshua Dobbs and James Conner leading the Cardinals, who we were, they were left for dead the season, the, the second the season started. And they get a big win at home, 28 to 16. Steelers surprised me a little bit on the road with a 23 to 18 win. Kenny Pickett had two t- touchdowns, but I think it was, you know, in a lot of ways, the defense the way they manhandled the Raiders. Bengals almost left for dead, pull out a win at home against the Rams. Both teams are one and two. Maybe Joe Burrow's getting healthy. That's my quarterback. That really is my quarterback. Eagles beat the Bucks and stay undefeated. I mean, it's kind of what I expected. It is. Before I talk about my team and the most lopsided game, I'm going to talk about the Chiefs. The Chiefs fans are now Swifties. I hope that that lasts. It might not. But Taylor Swift was at the game as she was rooting on Travis Kelsey from their quote-unquote family box.
it'll be interesting to see how this relationship develops between the two. And I can't believe I'm even talking about this more so than football. More so than football. But that was big doings. I mean, the the ticket sales that went up in Kansas City, the season tickets that went up in Kansas City, everybody now wants to go to the game to see if Taylor Swift's going to be there. And that's crazy. On the other side of the ball, the Bears stink. 0-3. They stink. They stink. And you know who else stinks? The Broncos. They're 0-3. And I would still wouldn't mind having Russell Wilson on the Washington football team. I wouldn't. They lost a stink or two, Washington, that is, 37-3 to the Bills. But it was actually close in the third quarter, and all of a sudden, it just, boom, it just exploded. It was literally 16-0 to in the third quarter, and the Bills scored 21 points in the fourth quarter. How does that happen? How does that happen? Well, it happened. But at least you weren't the Broncos who lost 70 to 20. That's awful. That was a rout. Man, that's why you love football. All right, speaking of football, let me do my picks. The end of the show. I just do straight picks, not doing lines. This is what I've got. The Thursday night game is going to be a good one. Packers hosting the Lions. I'm going to take the Packers. It was a magical first win for the Lions, but I don't want to get carried away that it's a magical season. Sunday, we've got the Jaguars hosting the Falcons. Jaguars do not look very good. Even if they made the game closer towards the end last week, I am going to... I'm going to take the Jaguars again. Dolphins at the Bills. This 1 o'clock game on CBS, I am going to take the Dolphins. Broncos, Bears, two winless teams. I guess I'll take the home team. Uh, I mean, I guess I don't know if Russell Wilson does anything to make this team better. I really don't. Um, but I'll take the Bears at home. Ravens at the Browns. Both teams are two and one. I will take the Browns in this game. Bengals at the Titans. Both teams are one and two. I am going to take the Titans. Rams at the Colts. Colts are two and one. Rams are one and two. I'm going to take the Rams. Buccaneers at the Saints. This is always a game. Has to be. Oh, boy. Um, Just seeing what's going to happen with the quarterback situation with the Saints. Hmm. I'm going to take the Saints. I'm going to go with the home team. Commanders at the Eagles. Eagles will win that. They'll be 4-0. Vikings against the Panthers. Now, the irony that both teams, all four teams that are winless are facing each other this weekend. So two of the teams will no longer be winless. That's obvious. Vikings at the Panthers. I am going to take the Vikings simply because they do have Kirk Cousins. Although, um, if I'm the Jets, I think I am calling Minnesota to see if they are sellers and if they can get Kirk Cousins. I believe Aaron Rodgers is done. His his career is over. It's time for him to move on. It's time for the NFL to move on as well. 
Steelers at the Texans. I take the Steelers off of the strength of the team and the maturity of Kenny Pickett going into his second season. Raiders at the Chargers. I am going to take the Chargers eventually. Eventually, someday, they're going to be like, who is this head coach? Why are we still going with this same head coach? We have to do that soon. The Chargers need a new head coach to start their season. Cowboys at the Patriots. I think the Cowboys bounce back at home. 49ers at the Cardinals. 49ers will win that game. Chiefs at the Jets. Chiefs will win that game, and everybody's going to love, love Taylor Swift now in New York City. Oh, my. Everybody's probably buying tickets to that Jets game. In the Monday night game. Now, I am bummed. I loved the... It's not even a doubleheader because the games were kind of going on at the same time for part of their part of the game. Seahawks at the Giants. Eh, not really excited about the game. I am I imagine the Seahawks will win. I think they will win on the road. So here are my picks: Seahawks, Chiefs, Niners, Cowboys, Chargers, Steelers, Vikings, Eagles, Saints. Rams, Titans, Browns, Bears, Dolphins, Jaguars, and Packers. And those are my picks for week four in the National Football League. National Football League. And I think that's it. I'm going to go out saying, oh, man, what's happening with Messi? Has the, the, the excitement about Lionel Messi and Miami, Inter-Miami CF, died down a little bit? He's not playing. They're losing. They won the inaugural Leagues Cup between... MLS and Liga MX is good, but I don't know. I feel like if they had won that, the the league cup, that would have been good. I mean, it's sad that if Messi isn't playing and fans are paying thousands of dollars for tickets and then he's not playing. I mean, there was a report on ESPN that said that when they were looking on the social media channels of the team, tickets were ranging from $145,000 to $4,000. But now he's got a leg injury and he may not play. I don't know. I hope this lasts, but it may not be the move. I think what I may do if it works out next season, and I know my son really wants to go see Messi and Miami play, we may have to just go to whatever that first game is. That might ensure that Messi's going to be out there. At least I hope it does. That'd be good. I'm going to briefly mention something. I'm sad for him. But I think all that Michigan State University football has gone through. I'm bummed about this Mel Tucker. University had to do what they had to do. It just, it's just sad. It really is sad for that school.
in Michigan State trying to say that they fired him for cause so they don't have to pay him any more money. Oh, boy. But after what that school has been through with Larry Nassar, I mean... That's not good. Tucker, he's under investigation, a university investigation for sexual misconduct brought on by Brenda Tracy, a sexual assault awareness speaker. She made a complaint about his advances towards her. I mean, it's sad. It's I don't even like ending the show on a note like that. There has to be something positive I could talk about. Actually, I do. I have a different topic I'm going to end the show on. My, our middle son, my middle son, is eight. And he's playing soccer. A lot. Four days a week practicing. Games on Saturday and Sunday. He seems to love the game. And I just don't want him to get burnt out. That's my biggest worry for him is that he will get burnt out. Because to me, they're only... Two sides of the equation for me. Is to think about what he could become in soccer. And not let, it's not consuming me, but I dream, right? I hope he has dreams. Am I one day going to play in college for a college team, get a scholarship? Am I one day going to be invited to the uh, U.S. national team? Can I try out? Will he get to that level? I don't know. I do think my our son is really athletic, and he seems to love the game, and I don't have a blueprint for how to get him there except for or to get him to the top level of his game outside of really just supporting him and letting him be the player he wants to be. My wife is actually the coach of one of his teams. And I like it when he plays striker. That's where I want to see him. That's where I feel like his eyes light up. That's what I see. Funny thing is, I feel like his natural talent seemed to maybe be at baseball. Man, when he wants to, he can hit, hit, hit. And he had a gun of an arm from third base. And he has speed. But he loves soccer. And I just want him to excel to the level where I get caught up in what if he's not playing the sport that could make him a professional, that could make him at that level. And you just got to let him be. I'm talking to my wife about get him reps, get him reps at striker. He needs to get in positions where he knows what to do with the ball when it's him against the goalie or he's dribbling around two defenders and shooting it or passing it to another one of his teammates and setting up the score. Although I really wanted to score more. And I shouldn't think of it that way. I'm trying my best to just enjoy watching him play and not trying to fast forward life to see where he will be. To see how much he will achieve in life, in sports, and more. But the thing for me and why I lean into the sports more than the other things 
is not because, oh, I think my son, he's going to be a professional player. But because I think it is the one dream that has a very limited window. Because you can't get time back and you can't stop or slow down. You can slow down the aging process somewhat. But you can't go back. And that's what I think about for my son. And maybe if you have kids, you will think the same about yours. Because if you know that the average length of time that a player will be like in the NFL is like three and a half years. NBA might be two or four. Baseball, shoot, maybe one. I didn't look up these numbers. But if you think about it, if somewhere down the road, you were like, I want to be a doctor. I want to be a manager at a sporting goods store. I want to be a teacher. And I'm just trying to pick some random things here that you can do in life. You can do those when you're 30, 40. You can say, I'm going to go back to college. At whatever age you decide you want to do that. I went back a little later in life. But you can't go back and be the best you could be at your sport, at the top of your game. Because you can't go back in time. And that's why, you know, my wife talks about, oh, don't try to live vicariously through him. I'm not trying to live vicariously through him as much as I want to make sure that if he does want to do something like that and become a professional athlete at any sport, that he takes advantage of it now because he can always go back to school. He can always start a career. And come on, so many doors can be opened from being a college or professional athlete. NIL deals in college bring you money. High school players are now going to be getting money. Wearing certain gear doing commercials, et cetera, et cetera. And the doors that it opens for athletes, I remember uh, when I was first starting out in my career, and there was this guy that played this guy that played at Notre Dame. And he came, uh, got a job in the office. And everybody loved him. Wanted to know what his career was like. Thought he was bright and had such a bright future. And he got some special treatment because he played college athletics at a high level at Notre Dame. But looking at him, it was like, see, he got to play for a minute. I think he had a cut of cup of coffee in the NFL too. And now he has a professional career. So when I say, I want my kid to play sports and to be really good and to give him every opportunity to do that. It's not because I think, oh, no, I I don't want him to be a doctor. I don't want him to be a lawyer. I don't want him to be a teacher. I don't want him to be a police officer. I mean, heck, I found out the other day, which was really random, Bruce Springsteen's son is a firefighter. You don't have to do anything. As I mentioned before in the show, maybe you don't know this if you didn't hear a previous episode, The owner of FedEx's son is coaching the Atlanta Falcons. He don't have to do that. He's already a billionaire. He's doing what he loves. I just want our son to have an opportunity to do what he loves while he can. Because that window, eventually, it will close. On sports playing at a high level. But the doors it can open, the things he can do after his high school or college or professional career ends, 
Endless. Endless. And if I had a crystal ball to know what was the best sport for him to have a chance at succeeding, yeah, I, I would. I would love to have that. But we don't have a crystal ball. And so what I can do is I'd love to have the opportunity, which I do, along with my wife and family, to give him the opportunity to be able to play sports, have fun. And maybe he gets a college scholarship out of that or goes pro. To me, then that's icing on the cake. That's all. I'm going to try to enjoy the games as much as I can as a dad, as much as I can. But I want to score goals and win. That'll do it for Just for Sport. I'm Jamoke. Ciao for now.